Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me the podcast where me nicole byer tries to figure out how i'm still single even though you could come in my cereal mix it with water and go it's the new plant-based milk (laughs) 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 Like, like yesterday is a hilarious comedian and actor who's written for shows like The Mindy Project and Billy on the Street. He co-stars in the new rom-com Bros in theaters today. It is Guy Branham! <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Good to be here. Very, very excited to see the ghost poster you have in uh, your home. <laughs> You're the only person to clock it, and it's always within view when I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> Do you like Ghost? Ghost is an iconic film. I think the most important Thank thing you. to remember about Ghost is it was written and directed by the man who gave us Airplane. Like, Really? Yes. I mean, it's just, it's a batshit movie, but like, <laughs> you know, essentially only Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Swayze could have pulled that off. They are two weird talents, mm-hmm. and their weird talents combined perfectly in that movie. I agree. I love Patrick Swayze in a way that's just like, oh, if I could raise him from the dead, I would. 
good. Well, there's, I mean, this, the wonderful thing about a hot straight guy who's a dancer is you enter that weird, like sometimes it's an uncanny valley, but like when it's like, oh, he's aware of his own body, uncomfortable with it, but like not skeevy. Mm-hmm. Like it's always very appealing. It's why Channing Tatum is one of our greatest oh like like God. comedy stars. Channing Tatum because he resembles a sexy potato, <laughs> and I say that. The most lovingly. Like, I think he's so hot. Um, I just, I love him. Magic Mike was such a delightful experience. It was so good. But to your Channing Tatum point, like, the smell of the trailer park is still on him. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. I also respect that. Remember where you came from and keep it close to you. What a fun little song I just made up. I have a question about Billy on the Street. Okay, I've been revisiting Billy on the Street. Um, is her name Elena who appears multiple times? Yes. Is she as delightful in person as I think she is? Um, yes. Like, in order to explain the situation, one day for the movie Bros, we were shooting in Manhattan, and, like, truly, Nick, the director, his parents came, a couple of other people who had family who lived in Manhattan, their families came, and then Elena, who is essentially identifies as Billy's family, (laughs) she showed up, and, like, Billy wasn't there, and I just, like, took her hard, big takes for, like, 45 minutes and then became so tired. Like, I was worn out and we just had to, like, shove another gay guy at her. And it was, like, like four gay guys were depleted of their juices by the time Billy showed up. And it was just, like... You know, she was she was coming hard for B tier actresses that you don't even think about. She was telling you what she thinks is bullshit and not bullshit, and she's just like she's truly wonderful. I truly love that. Yeah, it is so wild that she and I said to my friend I was watching it with, I was like, I really hope she's still in Billy's life, and to know that brings me endless fucking joy. No, no, she showed up and one of the talking points was her iPad had stopped working. She needed Billy to get her another iPad. <laughs> and <laughs> it was brought up to everyone. Oh my God. Truly, I how wild and magical. What a treat. She is such a treat. I love her so much. Well, I mean, the trouble is that in Los Angeles, people are only interesting to try to sell it on television, mm-hmm. where I feel like in New York, people are interesting for interesting sick. Yeah, people are just fucking weirdos there. <laughs> and I kind of miss it. Guy, how long have you been in L.A.? I've been in Los Angeles for nigh on 16 years. There 16 are ch- years? There are children driving, driving, oh who were not born when I came here. <laughs> That's wild. Yes. Wait, so did I meet you out here or in New York? I no. guess I met you out here. No, no. We met in New York. It was beautiful. Oh. It was a beautiful day. It would I was there for a job. It was either 2013 or 2015. Mm-hmm. And I knew of your work from elsewhere or whatever it was, but we were doing cabin and you came oh. and it was the first time I saw you do stand-up. And I yes. was just like this is insane. I don't want to believe that improvisers can be good at stand-up without trying. And then you were so fucking good. And I was just like, look at this creature we have in our world now. <laughs> Thank you. My foray into stand-up was um, strange, to say the less. The least? The less? Why? I don't know. Whatever. Um, a lot of stand-ups were like, oh, you're actually funny. I got that like for the first two years I did stand-up. People would be like, Wow. So you're actually funny. I'd be like, yes. I mean, yes. it's it's deeply insulting. I always mm-hmm. say, 
uh, in reference to my friends like um, Eliza Skinner or people who started out in improv who then mm-hmm. come to stand up and are really good. I always feel like Hitler at the 36 Olympics mm-hmm. watching Jesse mm-hmm. Owens mm-hmm. win everything. It's like all of my theories about the world are proved wrong. Um, turns out I didn't know what I was talking about. That's very funny. Um, you made me into a meme. We did um, videos for your book. Yes. And I'm drinking wine and laughing at a book. And oh boy, the gays love it. And I, <laughs> oh, it made me laugh so hard. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for having me. It's so kind. I think you're so talented and so funny. I remember when you were doing Talk Show the Game Show. Um, at uh, Nerdist or Nerd Melt mm. or whatever and then it became a TV show and then I got to do the fucking TV show and it was so good I was so surprised that it didn't come back thanks so much thanks so much I was really disappointed that it didn't come back I thought it was really good but all of it lives on HBO Max now which is lovely so people have been finding it along the way and it's you know it's one of the nice things about this energy, uh, about this career not having any stability is like <laughs> you get to go and do different things. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure 10 years ago, you never imagined that your career would involve yelling about baked goods. And now, like a solid chunk of it, yelling about uh-huh. baked goods. And then there will come a time when there are fewer baked goods involved and you'll be like, this is a beautiful career too. You are absolutely right. Can you answer me this? Mm-hmm. The name guy comes from where? Have you been asked this a lot? No. Uh, oh. People people don't really, they say that it's weird or whatever. Um, but it was like, it's a, it was my grandpa's, it was my dad's dad's name. Okay. But it also was passably functionally Hebrew. And oh. so it was like agreed upon, even though uh, Jews aren't supposed to name people after living people. But my dad wanted to name me after his dad. And my mom was like, all right, that name. But also there's a weird thing where no one called my grandpa Guy. Everyone called him mm-hmm. by his m- middle name, Bentley. So um, I was just called m- my middle name, Michael, for my first five years, which means that periodically an old uh, Southern relative uh, will just refer to me as Mackie? Mackie? <laughs> That's funny. I The name Guy is fun for me because I feel like I mean, you told me the story, but in my brain, your parents were like, look at this little guy. Yeah, he's a guy. Oh, that guy, guy. And like, what's his name? Guy, he's a guy. And that's how you got your name. Well, the, the most annoying thing is that it is a word people are saying all the time. So I constantly think people are like calling mm. me or talking to me. So I spend a lot of time thinking that I need to get involved in other people's conversations. I mean, I don't think people are always talking to me, but I'm always trying to get into people's <laughs> conversations. I'm the nosiest bitch around. I uh, for, <laughs> I was on the set recently, and every time someone had food, I was like, what is it? Yes. And they'd be like, oh, I could get you some. I'd be like, I don't want any. Right. I just need to know what you're eating for my information. No, absolutely. I feel like one of the great dangers of COVID is that it gave everyone a healthy sense of boundaries. And <laughs> I don't want those boundaries. I want to either. I want to meet people at a bar. I want to have mm-hmm. fun. I want to learn about your life. Same Z's. Okay, I'm going to ask about your life. Guy, uh-huh. are you single? Are you married? Are you dating? Are you not dating? Tell me about the romantic status in your life. I am single. I am not in a relationship. I have been in one relationship in my life. I have 
a couple of people who I have sex with on the semi-regular, and then I have other people who are strangers who come over for, you know, just guest star appearances. Sure. Yeah. So the recurrings, where did you pick them up from? I mean, generally, it's just, are you familiar with the Grand Banks off the coast of Newfoundland? No. But the Grand Banks are just like the best cod fishing area in the world. You throw out a net, there's shit tons of cod that come. West Hollywood is essentially the Grand Banks of Grinder. Like, you throw out a net, you're going to come back <laughs> with a large number of fish. And so um, the recurrings are mostly people who are like... I mean, the thing about Grindr in West Hollywood is, like, mm-hmm. everyone is essentially three blocks away who comes up on my phone. And so there are just some people where it's like, hey, you're not doing anything at 11 in the morning, and I'm not doing anything at 11 in the morning. We should just, you know, do something at 11 in the morning. I love that you're having sex at 11 in the morning. This does it for me. I have only had morning sex a couple of times a handful of times, I would say. And boy, oh boy, is it a nice way to get your fucking day going. I mean, I'm a big fan of it, but I also am very self-conscious about the way that, like, as a gay man who came of age, like, 20 years ago, like, I do take the most procedural and business-like approach to sexual encounters. Like, is there a lot of romance? No. Like, there's a lot of, like, scheduling and certainty. Essentially... You know, I've generally hammered out a contract before I see the person in in human form. <laughs> and what does your contract entail, if you don't mind me asking? I mean, most of the times, it like it depends on what I'm really in the mood for. But mm-hmm. like a lot of the time, I'm not in the mood for for full on doing it in the butt. Like a lot of the time, okay. I just want someone to come over. And to, like, know that they'll get naked in front of me, that's the big win, mm-hmm. is them getting naked in front of me. Okay. But I'm, you know, like, like oral handjob, frottage, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, more with the recurring players. Um, okay. I like playing power games and verbal games and stuff like that. Uh, oh. But it really requires a skill set. That not everybody has. And there are some of... Wait, what is a power game? Just sort of like, you know, um, like playing games with who's in charge, like like humiliation, orders, that kind of thing. That's fun. Yes. I've never done that before. I I think I would like someone to tell me what to do. Uh-huh. I think that's like pretty hot to be like, okay, tell me exactly what you want and I'll do it for you. Well, no, that's the thing is that like... You and I, as performers, are very similar in that we're very much in control. And I think Mm -hmm. that there is a lot of challenge and fun that comes with, like, giving up control and letting somebody else uh, play that role. Yeah. I'm a real sub. (laughs) And I need a dom daddy to tell me what to do. (laughs) I don't think I want to be tied up though. I used to, but I think that's like a little it's a little too much for me. Yes. I'm I have very little interest in that. I only want the psycholo- like, you know, for me it's primarily about the psychological games. And sometimes it can mm-hmm. be fun to like figure out what other psychological games uh, like other people like. But I do think I would be a more successful gay man if I were more into like straight up leather and bondage and that kind of stuff. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. 
Um, I do like a leather daddy. Do you watch The Family Chantel? I don't. What is The Family Chantel? Okay, The Family Chantel is a spinoff of 90 Day Fiance and Chantel's mom, Karen, wears a leather daddy hat. And it just makes me happy because I'm like, I don't know if she like knows that's a leather daddy hat. Um, but yeah, I'm, I have a whip that was left in my house from the previous inhabitants um, that I just keep because I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'll need a whip one yes. day. I mean, it's good to have for like... I have some nice soft rope in case anyone needs some nice soft rope. I mean, there are probably (laughs) other people who would prefer scratchy rope, but it's what I've got. That's so funny. I have nice soft rope. (laughs) What a treat. That's so funny to me. Guy, tell me, how did you get into writing? Was it from stand-up? Yeah, I mean, it was like, I, I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't know a path in, and I've always said the thing that I liked about stand-up was you only have to believe in yourself for, like, 90 seconds to write a joke. And Mm -hmm. it was just a way... I think if I had just tried to be a writer, I would have never shown it to anyone or, like, known how to, like, put it out Mm -hmm. there. And the wonderful thing about stand-up is, like, you're always having to put it out there and you're always getting feedback. And so... I like I graduated from law school. I knew I wanted to do something creative and wait, you went to law school? Yes, I went to law school. I assume this I did not know. Yes, I, I assume everyone in stand-up knows it, and I assume it's annoying. I, I'm playing a lawyer on an Apple Plus show, and truly no fewer than 50 people have said to Rose Byrne, Did you know Guy's really a lawyer? And it was like <laughs> really annoying because there was also a PA there who had been both a lawyer and a Marine. And Rose Byrne just kept being like, Cornelius is a lawyer and a Marine. <laughs> That's very funny. Wait, what kind of law did you go to school for? And did you pass your bar? I passed the bar. And, you know, you just sort of go for general law stuff. And I figured out, like, that I didn't want to do it pretty early, but I just stuck with it. And then my only job, Nicole, it was very terrible. Mm -hmm. It was when I was starting stand-up, and it was for an insurance defense firm. And I... Um, there were a bunch of women who had gotten cancer from exposure exposure to toxic chemicals. And I had to try to make their most embarrassing medical facts admissible (gasps) so that they would settle out of court for less money. And I did that for like six months and I was like, I can't do this. And uh, Wow. Wait, what does admissible mean? Like not held up in court? To to be able to put it in court. Because like normally if you come in and you say, I have cancer, like somebody isn't going to be able to say, well, you like to say this person had an STD. Maybe that caused her cancer or whatever. Oh. And it was just like it was truly just like the worst kind of bad lawyer. Just like humiliating these women. Yes, it was like truly terrible. And I did my best to be bad at that job. And then I left that job. Oh, boy. Law is very interesting. Like, I just learned that the McDonald's lady, you know, where there are, like, frivolous lawsuits, she had third-degree fucking burns on also, her. Also, that's how we fucking run things in this country. Like, in Australia or England, there's a law that says how hot coffee can be. Here, we don't have laws about everything. What we have is if you fuck up, you have to fucking pay. Because, like, in Britain or Australia, if you fall down, if you spill coffee on yourself, you get, like five grand or something like that. But but uh-huh. here we have those big, like, uh, tort settlements because, like, the United States government isn't telling you what to do with everything you do, but it, you, you, you uh-huh. can do what you like. But if you fuck up, you better fucking pay. 
It seems like we did a lot of things just like wrong. <laughs> it, they should just, yeah, there should be a limit to how hot you can make coffee. Yeah. Um, also, why do we use Fahrenheit? <laughs> I just learned that in Fahrenheit, freezing is 32 degrees and in Celsius, it's zero. Yes. So seems like we made shit harder. Yeah. I mean, like we as a country really like being like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do this my own like stupid way. Yeah. This country was founded by a bunch of toddlers who were like, no, no. Also now no one is willing to change things because they're like, this is how it has to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. We could start using cellulose to cellulose. <laughs> we could start using cellular wireless. No, Celsius tomorrow if we wanted to. I mean, yeah, it does sort of. It is kind of ridiculous that we don't use the metric system. That we're still trying to figure out what a quart is. What a quart? Yeah, I don't know what a quart is. Is it close to a gallon? A gallon is ours, right? Yes. Gallons. Oh my God, a cup. What? It's annoying. I don't know. Kilometers. We should do kilometers. What are miles? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> can I tell you a really dumb story about the metric system? Please. Okay. So I was, it was one of my first years in LA and I was supposed to be going um, to Bar Marmont. And I went to, because I had been to the bar in the Chateau before. And I went there thinking that that's what it was. And like, mean lady with... Um, a clipboard like was being <laughs> real high status at me and she was like this is not Bar Marmont this is the Chateau Marmont Bar Marmont is about 50 meters that way um, oh. and then I was very pissed off and a little drunk and I said uh, how many kilograms away is it and to which <sighs> she replied that's a measure of weight to which I replied, no, bitch, that's a measure of mass. And then I walked away real, real smug. You know what? We all need that. <laughs> I have moments like that where I'm like, got you good, bitch. And there's no way you're knocking me off this high horse, even if I was wrong. I don't care. It happens a lot at the airport. Yes. I am constantly screaming at people at the airport. About what? Everything. I do not understand. If you are not, okay, so Delta, they do, um, yeah, everyone has zones. Yes. If you're not zone one or diamond fucking medallion status mm -hmm. or first class, what are you doing standing right there? It's very annoying. It's very annoying. If you're zone seven, yes. sit down because you're the last people on. I have to, like, I made diamond medallion status this year and it means a lot to me. And I've I've yes. done almost nothing with it. I'm so sorry. God bless. I mean, it, it can be it can be very, very frustrating that the people just stand there and get in the way. I get that. I love an airport. I missed airports very badly during the pandemic. Oh. I came to a point where I was just like, I haven't been in an airport in forever. I just wanna <laughs> I, I just wanna walk. The way that they have like Peloton things where you can like race through the mountains and stuff. Mm -hmm. I want a treadmill where I just have like virtual reality like Hermes store and Cinnabon that I get to walk past. <laughs> that is honestly I identify with that. <laughs> I spend a lot of time in airports. I was just uh I was in Montreal last month mm -hmm. um, for JFL. Did you go to JFL? I did not go this year. Well, I went just for a day and I hung out in the Maple Leaf Lounge. And let me tell you, Air Canada does not do it the way Delta does it. Ed Bastion, 
currency of Delta is crushing it <laughs> in the lounge game. I don't know who the CEO of Air Canada is, but they're doing a terrible job. My seat was also made out of carpet and I was just very angry and they only, they did. Okay. So Delta, you get, you, there is a spread yes. and it's delicious yes. and a bartender. Yes. The Maple Leaf Lounge had me pour my own wine. Oh, wow. They had Swedish meatballs and sandwiches with mustard on it <laughs> in bags. <laughs> I mean, this is the kind of sensible <laughs> behavior you get from a semi-state-run airline, you know? Oh. Like, that. Th this is what socialism brings us. Well, I don't want it. Give me capitalism <laughs> any day. Ed Bastian crushing it over at Delta. I'm kidding. I don't love capitalism, but I love Delta. And I love Ed. I just want to be his sugar baby. <sighs> I... I am now so, like, I feel so bad about how much I care about Delta and their systems. <laughs> like, if I'm going to have a layover somewhere, does it have a Delta lounge? How, yes. how many miles am I getting for this? Like, yes. it all means a lot. Where's your favorite place to have a layover? Oh, Minneapolis. I, I love Minneapolis. Oh. I used to live there. Um, that like they have uh, a bunch of restaurants where you just order off of a weird screen, and I enjoy that. Okay, and so you have the massage places at a lot of airports. Mm -hmm. There's a fucking chiropractor in the Delta Terminal <laughs> in Minneapolis, and I don't understand how it's legal, but I will fucking <laughs> I will fucking get an adjustment in between my flights. I. Don't think I've really taken in the Minneapolis airport as much as I should. I love Detroit and I love Atlanta. I almost never go through Detroit. And Atlanta's just always a good time. I was always so scared of the South. Because, like, I oh. never worked there because I'm gay. And before, essentially, 2013, they didn't have any need for me. And then the writers <laughs> from Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell went on a little tour and we went to Atlanta, and I was like, the South, location of laws that don't like, you know, women or gays or people mm -hmm. of color. And everyone was so nice and doing so mm -hmm. well. Like, everyone was just like, I make a nice income. They were... the le Nicole, the lesbians of Atlanta yes. turn out so hard, so perfectly put together, like... Butch lesbians with just, like, impeccable looks, impeccable ruby red braids. And you're like, I didn't know that this kind of lesbian was possible. Um, <laughs> it is magnificent. I do love Atlanta. Atlanta goes hard. Yeah. Um, my favorite was, during the pandemic, productions down there were the Wild Wild West, because nobody in Atlanta gave a fuck. Yeah. Wild. I love Atlanta. Everyone, like, I don't want to generalize it, but everyone I've ever met who's from Atlanta or when I'm in Atlanta, has been so wonderful. Yeah. Well, and it is also one of those things, and, and like, um, the the Laughing Skull, like, the little comedy club that they have um, mm -hmm. is, like, so great. And, like, you just realize, like, oh, the city is wonderful. 45 minutes outside of the city is probably terrifying. I think 45 minutes outside any major city is truly horrific. Okay, one time I flew into Raleigh on like a dead eye, a, a red eye, and then I had to drive to Wilmington, North Carolina. And I, mm -hmm. like the only thought in my mind was gravy. I'm going to be getting gravy from the source. Halfway in between Raleigh and Wilmington, <laughs> I am going to go get breakfast somewhere that is going to blow my mind. Mm -hmm. And I got to said breakfast location, like, 
truly in the middle of nowhere, eight agricultural workers like eating there. And I walked in and it was one of those moments of, I should not open my mouth. The minute I opened my mouth, I am saying faggot right here. And like, I was truly, and I'm I'm sure it would have been nothing, but I was just like, my natural enemy surrounds me. It was terrifying. I've been in places like that where I'm like, oh no, (laughs) everyone's staring at me. I'm the only black person. And then, and then I don't want to talk. And I'm just like, you know, you take out a mirror and you're looking at your face, but you're also just looking behind you. And you're like, please, I don't want to get murdered here. I want to be murdered by, I don't know, anybody else? Not like a racist murder. You know what I mean? Okay, let's discuss this. I, where do you want to be murdered? Like, I do think pushed off of a yacht mm-hmm. in like Monaco waters um, is a good option. Yes. Some sort of like... Drug deal gone wrong at like an upscale casino. Yes. Like these, I feel like, are the murders yes. I want. These are all very exciting. I think I'd really like to be pushed off. I can swim though. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I think it's like, try again, bitch, if you push me off a yacht. Fair, fair. But if a drug deal goes wrong and there's, you know, gun bullets being sprayed, then okay. But then I'm like, ugh, so many people are dying. Oh my God. Am I going to make a fucking. No, I won't go there. <laughs> I was going to. I was like, <laughs> how cliche to die by a mass shooting. <laughs> it's, it's a joke I shouldn't yes. make, but they're so common. It's very wild. Yes. I mean, it's it's very hard as a comedian, like, to both be respectful of people's trauma and try to be helping people manage the trauma yes. of dealing with it. And, like, yes. with mass shootings, it's like, yes, like, it's so specific. So many people have... Um, been through them. Do you know who Scott Thompson is from Kids in the Hall? Yes. The, the gay guy from Kids in the Hall. He, like yes. he he was in a, a school shooting in Canada in like the 1970s. Like to just Really? Yes, just to uh, but the, the Jesus fucking Christ. I mean the thing is, is it just happens everywhere and just sort of remembering like you know, we all feel like main characters. We all feel like we're like mm-hmm. going through our life and that it truly is just like you could be at a fucking Walgreens and next thing you know, you're dead. Which is like fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. That you just have to like worry about shit like that. I was in Oklahoma. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but I was in Oklahoma with my friend Christy Cello and this woman ran into the uh, the the green room and she was like, there's an active shooter. There's an active. And we were like, oh my God. And then our host kind of like ushered her out and like, grabbed a, a server or whatever and it turns out there was, it was a drive-by yeah. I, I was like just a drive-by there was a drive-by like um a couple uh businesses down but our host like closed the door and he's like i'm gonna text the the, the manager i'm gonna get this uh together or whatever and christy was like really really upset and like really really scared and i very calmly was like i sold out my show <laughs> so there's a lot of people to get through before they get to us and she was like how are you so calm? And I was like, how am I so callous? Yeah. I was like, that's so fucked up. That's so fucked up that that was my first fucking thought. But it's also just the world we live in that you're having to try to practically deal with sort of yes. um, that kind of, of chaos. Like, it is so scary. I, um, two years ago, wait, when was it? No, it was last year. Um, I went for vacation to 
Corsica, this island off France, and mm-hmm. it's, I found out it's the murder capital of Europe, and I got really scared. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I saw a really wonderful news report where an old man said, oh, it's not a problem. The people who are getting killed are supposed to be killed, and it's just all mob <laughs> violence. And I just realized how much I would love to live in a country where everyone who's getting killed is supposed to be killed. <laughs> how wild. That is... A wild take on shootings and killings and stuff. I have a question for you. Please. The thing is, is like, I so frequently will just lay my experience of stand-up over other people's experience and figure it must be mostly the same. But I am Mm -hmm. also a creepily gigantic man. And so I go alone all over the country and Mm -hmm. it's just fun. You know, I do dumb things and get into, you know, weird scrapes and uh, it's fine and do you as a woman like are there times when you feel uncertain do you take like a feature act with you so that you have somebody with you or what's the story uh i'm very blessed and lucky to be able to bring uh my friend christy cello she comes with me to a lot of places Mm -hmm. It is nice to have somebody there uh i did spend a long time touring by myself Mm -hmm. And when weird shit would happen, I would just be like, well, I stay in the hotel. <laughs> and I toured with UCB Torco for a while, too. So sometime, like, I remember we were in Kansas and I we were, like, hanging out with the students. And we were like, where do, where do people go to drink? And one of the kids looked at me and was like, the black kids go to this place called The Noose. And I was like, cool. <laughs> and the minute we got in the car, I was like, can we not go out here? I mean, if you guys want to go out, that's fine. But like, I really need to go back to the hotel. And they're like, nope, nope. We're going to drink in our room. We got it. And it was just, it's nice to like be with people who are like, yeah, I was fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not going to deal with that. But I've never like felt like I was in danger mm-hmm. per se. Um, I've only had like weird things like that happen. Yeah. And and it is just sort of like it's nice to see other parts of the country, but there is also just something so weird about when you go into a bar in Oklahoma and just everyone's smoking openly and all of like mm-hmm. it's just like wow, these these really are different places with different vibes. It is truly wild. Like I was in Oklahoma right after Biden won. And boy, was it the same vibe as L.A. when Trump won. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I only saw one other black person that day. And we nodded at each other pretty emphatically and smiled. (laughs) 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 To be like, we're happy about this, right? Today's a good day. (laughs) Uh. Uh, So, yeah, it's uh, touring the country is strange. Yeah. Um, and you you just get to see so many different things. Do you have chuckle fuckers when you go on the road? I mean, like, not usually. Like, I mean, the like, I'll have people, like, generally it is, like, gay guys and nice, stable couples or heterosexuals who come to my shows. But then the weird thing is, is, like, going out afterwards and... Like, going to the gay bar and having, like, 15 different gay guys recognize me and then be like, are you doing shows here? And it's like, of course I am. And, like, they're not going to come to them. (laughs) Like, going out gay guys do not come to my shows. They're busy going out. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, It's like, you know, sometimes there are people who uh, can, like, definitely come with an agenda of I, I generally prefer if they're just sort of like we're going out after this. I like I mm-hmm. like that energy. Um, but when it is somebody who shows up and they're like, 
I'm going to have sex with you. I'm a little bit like, that's a little presumptuous. I don't know about that. You know, like, um, I I think I do sort of need to feel like I put some work into it um, Mm -hmm. to really be interested in something. Who knows? Fair. I'm the opposite. Do I want to do as little work as possible, and I would like for someone to be like, I think you're really hot. Do you want to go somewhere? And I'm like, okay. And I know I say that now, and the minute it happens, I'm going to be like, oh, a stranger danger. Uh, oh, like, you remember the the scene from Tootsie where Jessica Lange tells, like, Dustin Hoffman as Tootsie exactly what she wants a man to do, and then he comes up as a man and does that, and then she throws her champagne in his face. uh, that's me but it's also just like i like it's it's weird like when i decide i want to hook up i truly am just sort of like comfortable with whatever it is but i think when somebody approaches me there are so many like other things that i want to sort of like poke and prod about them um Mm -hmm. and including like it may be a problem because sometimes I look back on very hot guys who were just sort of like just coming at me hard. And I'm like, why did I slow things down? What on mm-hmm. earth was I doing? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever been hit on by someone like super, super hot. No, I have. I pull some real hot. Yes, I'm sure. I'm like going through my little, uh, my little dick ejects in my brain. And Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why any of them, none of them want to stick around. Uh, okay. I will say most of the time that like a guy I considered very hot was being very forward with me. One of the questions in my mind was just sort of how drunk is he? Like, <laughs> does, does him coming at me this hard reflect not good decision making skills? <laughs> why do you feel like that? Wait, real quick. We have to take a break. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world world. 
Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better, so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. Getting right back into it. Okay, why do you feel that way? Um, like, I just sort of... I have not been frequently told by the world around me that I am a desirable kind of person. And I think I always sort of want to understand what it is that is making me appealing to someone. And when there are times when it's very clear to me and I get it, and there are times when it's not clear to me and I'll be uncomfortable. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. I think that's me needing to have too much control. But I would like to go back to something Mm -hmm. you just said. Like, when you were saying... Why don't they stick around? Like, is this a real, like, a really, I mean, how true is that? How how much is it a joke and how much is it true? Like, have there been that many people who you, you wanted to stick around who didn't? Well, I wanted this one dude to stick around, like, right before the pandemic. But, like, it was increasingly clear as we continued dating that he did not like me. He, like, fundamentally... Was not feeling it. In what way? Um, I think I annoyed him. I was late a lot. Um, And he was pretty loud and gregarious. And I think he was used to being the funny person in the room or the funny person in the relationship. So I don't think he would like laugh, but then try to like one up me sometimes and i'd be like oh is this like a are we doing a funny off what's happening like <laughs> that's that's so rough one time aparna was telling me about a date and just sort of the guys who date comedians only because they want validation for the idea that they're funny it mm-hmm. is like what a fucked up situation to be in and like men are terrible <laughs> yeah yeah also I have not been told by society that I'm a desirable person. So when someone is super into me, I get a little suspicious. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you actually want from right. me? Like, do you actually find me attractive? Yeah. And it, and it's a shitty thing to say because, like, I find myself fully desirable and fully attractive. Mm-hmm. And my body's for me. It's not here for other people's consumption. And, you know, I get that or whatever. But then it's just like, well, when you are dating somebody or someone hits on you or whatever it's like well what what is your end goal do you do you like this fat body or like right. and that's i mean the trouble with body positivity is is there's this notion that we're supposed to radiate out so much confidence and self belief that that makes things fine without like the world changing but we still live in the world you know like we still like live in a world that thinks it like that are, are like our bodies don't deserve good clothing, that our bodies, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of this shit is coming at you. And it's sort of like ridiculous to expect that we can just sort of like imagine our way out of this situation. And, you know, like 
it had there it has been hard for me at times to be able to just sort of say like no like this guy's into you this is good enough and i think more than that just being able to get past things like sex is fun with anyone you're having sex with <laughs> you know yeah and to, to just sort of be able to accept stuff like that instead of having to be aware of the ways that like i'm not serving up what normal gay guy is supposed to serve up yeah i um i went on a couple of dates with somebody and i was like do you and i was just curious i was like do you just date fat women mm -hmm. which is I only, I still don't know if that's an okay question or like a turn off mm -hmm. or whatever. And they were like, no. And I was like, okay. And I was like, but you like my body? And they were like, yes, I like big butts and I like tiny boobs and that's what you got. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But I was still like, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, is the rug going to get pulled out from yes. under me? Cause it has so many times. Or like, are you trying to trick me? Mm -hmm. But that's, like unkind to myself, right. but it's just like, you know, you've seen so many movies, like she's all that, uh -huh. you know, that was a bet. And she was a thin woman with glasses. Yes. So it's like, and I'm fat and I have glasses. I mean, I, I hate teen movies about already hot person getting makeover so much mm -hmm. like that. There's never sort of like an organic story for how it works for somebody who is sort of coming from a little bit more outside. But, like, the thing is, is I just have to, like, I want to know that the person is getting everything that they need, and I want to know that they love me, you know? And, and that and that yeah. is sort of the thing of, like, there's this one muscly, hot, like, chubby chaser in West Hollywood who, <laughs> and, like, we messed around for a while years and years ago when I came here, and, like, it it was fetishy enough that I was like, he's not really aware that I'm in the room. You know, like, he's, like, I know exactly what there is to fall in love with about me. And, like, mm -hmm. he's not doing that. And so I was not into that. And now I have to see him at Starbucks with the new fat guys. Um, but, <laughs> but I think, you know, like, you know, I'm also a gay guy and that, like, I don't think I should be your only stop for sexual satisfaction. Like, Mm -hmm. Get whatever you need everywhere. I just need to know that, like, you understand that I'm amazing. Yeah, that's how I feel. I'm like, you should be so lucky to want to be with me. Yes. I have a nice time. I have nice friends. I have a nice life. Yes. I mean, like, and it is one of the things that is interesting is seeing how my female friends who are successful the weird mind fuck that goes along with them trying to date. I have a very successful friend who, who mm -hmm. just divorced and she was like, do you know any good straight guys? And I like recommended the two good straight guys I could think of. Mm -hmm. And both of them were terrified, truly terrified of really? dating her. Yes. Oh boy. I just, I guess, I mean, if you want to do like primarily men want to provide or whatever, but I'm just like, why? Right. Why can't we do it together? I yeah, I guess I just don't get it. Yeah. I also don't understand relationships in a way. It's like, do I have to tell them where I go all the time? 
do I have to check in with things? Like, what is what is a really? I mean, what is truly, it? finding somebody who wants the level of relationship that you do is the hardest thing because I truly there aren't that many people I want to be around that much, and also just like <laughs> there aren't that many people who want I want to be able to do things that like a lot of people aren't going to be interested in. And so what I'm primarily going to need is somebody like who wants to. What I want out of a relationship is someone who will argue with me about something. Uh-huh. Pathetic and meaningless for an <laughs> hour and a half every day. And we like okay. go off and do our own things. And then we have a conversation where we're both fully engaged and vehemently disagreeing with each other about tile or biting <laughs> or whatever. And like get that and feel known and loved. And then, you know, mess around and then potentially go to separate beds afterwards. Nicole Byer, I need to address with you the most significant issue when it comes to relationships for me. Are you ready for it? Yes, I'm ready. A California king. I, I, any man who will not be broken by me sexually and Mm -hmm. me in a bed, like, attempting that in a queen-size bed is miserable. Um, (laughs) Like, it's fine for sex, but not for sleeping. Not for sleeping. And, uh, like, I just find, like, my capacity for relationships with other men uh, goes up significantly when a California king is involved. Okay. What is wrong with a queen? Do you not like cuddling? Um, I am a very hot person. And Mm -hmm. I also just, Mm -hmm. like, I truly... I'm not the most sort of like effortless of cuddlers. Like I do, oh. I like I like contact, and and it also, it's, isn't it weird how sort of like specific to a person is? Like there's something pheromonal about like mm-hmm. there are some people where I just sort of want to hold on to them and fall asleep, and other people where it's like I need to not be touching you so I can go to sleep. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, I like. When I sleep with somebody, I like when I want to be wrapped around them. But also I've learned I like being the big spoon. (laughs) I learned that rather recently. I was like, oh, this feels, I feel strong. Well, there's, there's, I mean, it is so nice to be a man because, or just to be in in a gay relationship you don't have the overlay of expectations of gender in the same way. Mm-hmm. And just sort of being able to be like, you know, the the first guy I ever, it wasn't really a relationship, but it was kind of a relationship. It was like when I was still in law school, but he was like five, four and like, he was a sturdy five, four, but like, he mm-hmm. was t- like, you know, little and sturdy and fun to throw around and all of that. And then in the rare situation, when I get to lay my head on someone's shoulder, who's taller than me, Oh, Mm-hmm. Magnificent. Like, it's fun to be both. <laughs> I constantly think about if I could date a short king, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think I could. I try really hard not to close doors to things, but, and I went on a date with a man who I think was shorter than me. I also have terrible death perception. <laughs> I think I'm taller than everybody, but he was. Slight, maybe he was like slightly shorter than me and I was fine with it. And I wonder if I would be okay with it long term. I think I would be. I mean, yes. Like, I like I love a short guy. I also love the bravado of like little muscly straight guys. Like they are <laughs> so many of my Instagram follows. 
I love that. I love that bagel boss man. Do you remember him? <laughs> no. Who's he the- was screaming in that bagel shop and he was like, ah, nothing, nobody likes because I'm short. I was like, I'll fuck him. I will do it. I will make this man happy. You know what? I keep saying I'm like horny for like love or whatever right now. I think I'm horny for someone who like gets me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like easy because it's like, oh, yeah, you already know I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then you know how I like to be fucked. And then that's not like a thing we got to figure mm-hmm. out. Like it, it is it, it is just so however much I like gay anonymous sex, having somebody who knows what you like is just so wonderful and can like and beyond that, as you're saying, having somebody who can like really read your energy and like you know, take care of you or tell you stop it. Mm-hmm. Having somebody who can just tell you stop it, who you love, is like one of the most valuable things. <laughs> yeah, I just want someone to be like, Nicole, stop it. You're being ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, me? Ridiculous? <laughs> I am constantly being ridiculous. Real quick, we gotta take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. 
Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. So during the pandemic, you quarantined with your mother in Yuba City? Where's that? Oh, yes. It's like an hour north of Sacramento. Who did this research for you? Don't worry about it. Okay, yes. My I quarant- new assistant who I love. <laughs> the old one, not so much. Bad, bad, bad. Um, But yes, I went up to my mom's place in an almond orchard in Northern California for a month. And truly, there's nothing that... like. Grinder in that town is just Latino 18-year-olds. Like, it is just mm-hmm. truly just, like, kids who have not been able to, like, get to the closest city yet. Um, and it's like, that's that's grindering I can't do. Um, <laughs> so it led to a lot of, a lot of repression and, and just sort of, you know, feeling like a co- closeted 15-year-old again. Fair. When you were... In high school, you played football. And yes. were you out in high school or no? Not remotely. I didn't come out until law school. Law oh, school, Nicole Byer. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, everyone knew I was gay. I still talked like this. Um, but I was very closeted. But it was, I mean, the most magnificent mind fuck is being like a 14-year-old gay boy and being walked into a locker room full of full-on naked men Mm -hmm. and just sort of like you get to be here but also if they find out they might kill you Um, oh no Mm, the mystery of will i get murdered it was it's the hottest it's the hottest (laughs) (laughs) um since you've been on television and successful do you think that dating for you has changed do you think there's more people who are like, give me some of what guy is serving? I think so. Um, I mean, definitely, like, the the years I was on Chelsea Lately were the best because every dumb, hot, gay guy mm-hmm. watched Chelsea Lately. Um, and so that led to more of a certain type of dating. Though it wasn't necessarily... I mean, it was super fun, but it's also sort of like this is maybe not what I'm looking for. I do think there's just something so nice about like putting enough of yourself out there so that like people can find you just the, the notion of now having somebody say like, Oh, I know I read your book. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was, at a, I was at a Purim carnival and I was talking at to a somebody, a, a Purim carnival. It's, it's Jewish St. Patrick's day, but also Jewish Halloween. Oh. And, I was like, I didn't have a traditional Jewish upbringing. And the woman was just like, oh, I know. I read your book. And I was just like, oh, there's so much I don't have to explain here because, um, you know, you just read my fucking book. Um, <laughs> but I also think but I also think that it's hard because we spend so much of our time with astoundingly talented, creative people mm-hmm. that, that it really does just give you a bar for what a person needs to be bringing to the table that's really hard. And there are some people who don't need that in their relationships, but I do need that in my relationships. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, um, leading my life the way I wanted to and and making a life that I like has made me expect more. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of gay guys who don't 
fit sort of like the stereotypical idea of what a gay guy should be are trying really hard to prove to themselves that they deserve a relationship and have really hungered and fought to be able to have one. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, the more time goes on, the more I'm like, I'm truly fine unless it is bringing me, you know, um, what I want. I mean, the thing is, it's like, I, I want to try to be fine as much as possible, but still be really, really capable of falling in love. And I think that that's a hard line to walk. I think that's a hard line to walk, but I also think it's a very, like a serene place to be where it's like, I could have this, but also if it's not happening, I am so wholeheartedly happy with who I am. I think that's a treat. I think that's like, to just be okay with you and being okay being alone, I think is a huge testament to like self love, self care, and like really, really just like doing the work and being happy. Yeah. I mean, it's like, is it true? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, 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 the, and there is something really great and that you can't find in any other way when another person really understands you. And I love that I've had that with some people. Mm-hmm. You know, in sexual relationships, not in sexual relationships. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to keep my eyes open for other people who have the potential to make that possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and also who would be fun to fuck. If those two things are in the same place again, that would be nice. <laughs> well, are you on the apps at all? I am on the apps. When I found out that uh, Pete and Chaston met each other on Hinge, I joined Hinge. Wait, who who met on Hinge? Um, Pete Buttigieg and Chastin. Oh. <laughs> and I, I was just like, oh, is this where we're going for, re- like, real relationship potential? Uh-huh. Um, and I've had, like, a couple of flirtations with people on there, but it, like, never really landed on much of anything. Um, and then, you know, I am on, like, the things for finding sex. Grinder. Grinder. And Scruff. Scruff, yes. Um, Adam for Adam. I think that's old. Adam for Adam is real old. <laughs> um, no, they're trying to come back real hard, though. They're trying to come back real hard. Ooh. We have not talked in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Like, are you on Raya yet? I finally got on Raya after two years. Gotta say, is not what it's cracked up to be. But I am on Hinge, and I do want to read to you um, this person's Hinge profile that I was like, okay, what are we all doing? So the prompt is, I'm convinced that, and their answer was, none of the women on this site actually take care of their bodies. <laughs> dot, 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 sad. We're all the physically fit women. Do any of you have priorities? And also, this person matched with me or like liked one of my pictures. And I was like, this is confusing and sending me mixed signals. The next prompt, I take pride in, and they said, Physical fitness, health, looking good, feeling good, have fun. I take pride in what I'm doing and helping others. I like to be the best person I can be. The next prompt, my greatest strength. They said, calling a spade a spade. Jesus Christ, this website, dot, dot, dot. Does any of you out there take care of your bodies? Linebackers for the Green Bay Packers. And I was like, what is happen what why did you like any of my i'm fat i mean but the thing is is like (laughs) you truly have to go on a date with this person because like it's 90 percent likely that you guys will get into a shouting match over drinks but i also think it's 30 percent possible that you guys end up fucking real good after that shouting match you know maybe like it is like 
it is so weird when people are projecting something that hard out at the world and uh, like you don't know how to take it when they come and and are nice to you after they've said something like that yeah you know it's more about them having to prove something i also okay so many people are like you need to keep fit. It's not about aesthetics. It's just about like being healthy. I like people who mm-hmm. are healthy. And I'm truly like, like every hot gay guy I know is constantly like getting nosebleeds or breaking a wrist or something <laughs> like that. You could hit me with a hammer for 90 seconds and I'd still walk away. Like, don't fucking come to me about health. Like, it, there's at some point in time when they keep talking about health, I'm just going to start breaking them to prove my points. I mean, there is I I just whenever people are like it's about health, I just think about Lizzo doing however long her fucking concerts are, dancing the whole time, playing a fucking flute, like singing, and I'm just like I don't know. Seems like she might be fat, but also in shape yes. and fine. And there's some thin people I know who have, like, high blood pressure and high cholesterol and shit like that. I'm like, we don't know what's going on with people. We could we could just, you know, not say a thing and it could be fine. Yeah, it, like, it's, it's very hard because, I mean, I don't know, heterosexuality seems terrible. But with gay guys, I'm always just like, I understand so well how much gay guys around my age were broken by the world and Mm -hmm. hate themselves and are scared and are looking to find value in themselves wherever they can. And I try to sympathize with that as much as possible, but it gets real frustrating when their desire to find value for themselves involves negating me or Mm -hmm. saying like, I'm not a person. And there are lots of times when my like lower mid level of famousness manages to negate that kind of erasure. But like, Mm -hmm. I just still try to be aware of it because you know, it's fucked up and it tells you a lot about a person when they have decided that there are some people they're just not going to see as human. Yeah. Which is so wild to me. Cause I try to just be kind to everybody. And that's why I'm like, I don't have a preferred body type or like, I just, I like what I like. I see somebody and I go, Ooh, ooh squishy or Ooh, muscular or Ooh, thin. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Like, and I mean, charisma goes a lot of the way, you know, it's like, Oh, I have fucked many an improviser that was not good looking, <laughs> but very charismatic. <laughs> You know, I've seen the mattress on the floor and the bottle of lotion and said, you know what? They were funny on stage tonight and in the cab they had me going. Yeah, so charisma truly can take you to places that you never thought you could go to. Uh, Guy, we've like kind of come to the end. Well, it was lovely getting to talk to you, Bayer. It has been far too long, and that I realized the glamour that you were showing me was built for a conversation with uh, Laverne Cox, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that I got to enjoy it. Well, thank you. Um, do you have anything you want to promote? Bros is in theaters now. Bros is in theaters now. Go see bros. And, um, Wait, fuck. I forgot. Would you date me? Oh, of course I would date you. I'm uh... always... I spent so much time thinking about, like, if I had lived in the 50s, Uh like, would I have ended up in a marriage of convenience or would I have, like, (laughs) been one of the gay guys who moved to Greenwich Village? And I have real doubts that I would have been one of the gay guys who moved to Greenwich Village, but I like to imagine Mm -hmm. I would have been the best of friends with my wife. And truly, I think 
if we had lived in a state where it was legal, um, we would have had a hell of a marriage in 1954. <laughs> yeah, we would have to move to a state where the interracial was legal. <laughs> Wait, what else do you want to promote? You have a book? Oh, I have a book, My Life is a Goddess, available wherever books are sold. And you can follow me um, across social media um, at Guy Branham. I love this. Do you have anything coming up? Like, what TV show were you talking about? Oh, yes. I'm going to be on Platonic on Apple Plus, playing a gay lawyer. Um, (laughs) It was... And if there was ever an advertisement for something, that's it. It's on Apple Plus, and I'm a gay lawyer. I'm a lawyer who sucks dicks when no one's looking. I- for, for the show, they did have to create a, a leather harness for me, and I am sort of like, mm, props department, you're not going to do anything else with that. Can I maybe take it home? Did you take it? I have not had the conversation yet. I want you to have the conversation. Ooh, so we get to you get to be sexual? I get to be sexual. Nicole, um, the great thing about um bros and this is like they're both things where I'm a fat person who has like a sexual identity. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so weird and strange, like because we don't think about gay guys who look at me that both of them um like uh you know let me have a sexual identity i love that like i think it's super fucking important and a lot of sometimes some some criticisms of me as a comedian and as a person as i talk too much about sex and i'm like yeah well i don't know who else is where's the other fat bitch talking about it yeah i i have it so i like to talk about it and uh <laughs> i love me some dicks and i love gobble gobbling I mean, and it's just like fat people in movies are usually there to be sad or to be an impediment. And mm-hmm. it's it's fun when we get to like have fun. I agree. And I think we need more representation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Guy, again, we've come to the end. And if people write me something nasty hitting on me, I'll read it out loud. If you write it to... Why won't you date me podcast at gmail.com? Mars, my producer, will read it. So please don't send dick pics. They don't make it to me. <laughs> um, and she doesn't need that. Okay. So this one says Netflix and chill. That's lame. Nah, girl, we would binge Sonic 1 and 2 with a respectful four minutes for you to cry after the credits roll before I knock the coin rings out of you. Bling, bling, bling. <laughs> I'd call you tails, and if you ask to snuggle, I'd gently say no. Then to leave and say, gotta go fast before dashing to my car uh, in my adult light-up shoes in Sonic Blue. You'd rate the experience three three out of five because I didn't fill your holes with food like other listeners. Why does everyone obsess with filling you full of food? Yeast infection aficionados? <laughs> and that's where it ends. So, interesting... It wasn't I, super nasty. You let me cry. I, I love offering a three out of five sexual experience. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too, because then if it's better, then it's just like, I was not expecting this. Yeah. I thought it was going to be bad. Well, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by a 
Oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.